With Final Fantasy surge in growth, the developers have announced with the latest expansion that there will be a super duper ultimate edition that allows you to get bunny ears surgically graft onto your head. In other fake news, this is Nuclear Grenade Podcast. Welcome to the Nuclear Grenade Podcast. I am your host, Justin Land, and with me is Hey Ho, aka Havoc. How you doing, Mr. Hey Ho? I'm doing well. How's it going with you, old friend? It's going all right. <laughs> I'm getting these stripper dances out here all night. We're making it real good, hot and steamy out here. Oh my god. All right, we got two lap dances for $40 coming right up. We got candy. Ooh, candy. Mm, that's one she of my favorites. everything sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a uh, opening, oh. dude. Yeah, it's the only kind I know how to do, baby. Yeah, epic. All right. Want to jump right in and talk about some video games we've been playing? Sure. Uh, so I played a little bit of Rebel Galaxy, which is the free game on Epic this week. Let me just read the summary here. I was trying to think of a way to formulate what this game was about, but it's actually... Let me just read the summary on Steam. So, Rebel Galaxy is a swashbuckling space adventure with action-packed combat, exploration, discovery, trade, and negotiation with the outlandish denizens at the edge of the known universe. But that's not a bad starting point to describe Rebel Galaxy. Seems pretty flowery to me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad description. It's a, so you're in space on a 2D plane, which means you cannot fly up or down in space. Uh, you can only go left or right. So you're in space on a 2D plane in a ship in third person. And like a Stellaris type thing, but you know, action, more action packed. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Or Star Trader. If you ever played that for on your phone. Yeah. It's kind of, you're basically like a ship in the water. Yeah. It's, it's almost naval in a way. Like the yeah. combat is, it's like naval combat where you've got broadside weapons and, um, Oh, it's swashbuckling. Yeah, it's exactly. It is swashbuckling. Um, but it's got really good reviews, uh, on steam, uh, 6,500 reviews, very positive. Uh, came out October 20th, 2015, developed and published by Double Damage Games, which is actually a co-op effort between two people. I believe a, a programmer and an animator, but you would never believe that this was made by two people. Like, it... Yeah, it's a pretty... It looks almost like a double-A game, you know? It looks like it's got some millies poured in with a team, for sure. Yeah, double-A is a good way to describe it. It's almost like when No Man's Sky first came out. Um, but this has been mm -hmm. out for a long time, so this is kind of the finished product. But again, you know, I think uh, if you look online on Google, you'll see, oh, it got 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 as a score. Mm -hmm. And I think 7 out of 10 is fair. You know, it's not going to yeah. blow your mind, but it, it's a lot more... It's also free. It's also free. And it's it's mm -hmm. a lot more fun than you think it would be. Like some of the ships that you can get. So y you start off in space. You got to go find your aunt. It's like the first mission. You can yeah, you, you yeah. can go to these space stations to talk to different people, and you can accept multiple quests. Uh, quests include things like going and destroying other ships, or for example, your main your first main story mission, which is to go find your aunt. So there's different missions. Uh, you get paid different amounts. Seek and destroy. Seek and destroy. Yeah. <laughs> and you, what it turns into yeah. is you go around and you make as much money as possible, so you can upgrade your ship. 
and like you can own multiple. Oh, go ahead. So that's the RPG elements of it. Like, like how many? Like, was there a lot of weapons and upgrades and uh, shit you can do to the ships? Question one. Question two. Did they show up on the ship? Yes, to both. Uh, yes. Uh, so that's very cool. Um, and, and again, that's one of the reasons why you, this game is better than you think it would be. Like, when mm -hmm. you first start the game, you're like, what the fuck is this shit, man? Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it's going to be a good game. But, you know, a couple hours in and, you know, it, it starts getting a lot better. It's one of the games that the further in you get, it starts getting a lot better. Yeah. And, like, the different ships you can have uh, in customizers, like haulers. So if you want to do more cargo stuff for for, oh, for cool. trading um or you could do more of a fighter where it's you know fast and agile um speaking of which the combat is interesting you know you kind of end up just going around in circles uh more mm -hmm. trying to chase down and catch up to the person that you're fighting and you try to pull up alongside of them and hit hit them with your broadside weapon but there's so many different types of weapons uh, you can also shoot them if they're in front of you with different types of weapons you can hire a wingman and that will add ai to your ship so uh the multiple guns that you have on there will fire automatically when in the proximity of an enemy craft um so all the weapons that you don't have control of are automatically yeah. firing yeah you know auto cannons and shit like yeah that. and then if you switch to a different weapon then you would have control of that weapon and yeah so on that's sweet. so it, it, it's a very cool game it's better than you think it would be um again it's free on epic this week if you don't get it for free it's usually 20 bucks on steam yeah it, it's funny because like, almost everything in space translates to nautical obviously the way they you have admirals you have um just the classifications of battleships and um dreadnoughts and these are all come from ship based and there's a lot of games that do it on that 2d plane uh but even the space games like eve online famously is more submarine combat um so you know you, it has the full 3d and you orbit people um and you know but it's really still just the physics of actually being in like a submarine not true space uh which might even create like an unplayable game um but yeah it's I don't know. I always thought that was funny uh, and interesting. That even if you're doing it 3D or 2D uh, planes, it still kind of always ties back to naval. Um, naval, because it's just how we can like picture the physics working in a uh, video game environment. Yeah, that is an interesting concept. Way more complex than yeah. we could probably even scratch the surface of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not smart enough. No, not at all. <laughs> John Carmack. Like yeah, dude. Carmack, Carmack, Carmack. Carmack. Alrighty. Uh, so I started playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV a few days ago. It's been pretty fun, I gotta say. I've, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I'll say just like with Rebel Galaxy, the first few hours, I was like, this sucks, dude. I had played it years ago, like right after it got like the Realm Reborn. And... And then I haven't played it since, and like I, I kind of didn't like it then. Um, I've fallen off MMOs hard; like I can barely play them more than a month if they aren't, you know, something like uh, Legends Idolon or something where it's simple and I don't have to be that engaged. But uh, once I started getting more off cooldowns, and um, uh, I've started having a lot of fun in the community, like 
is just as good as everyone says. Um, so far with it, people have been super nice and it kind of bleeds into me, you know, where I'm extra nice when I'm playing it. Uh, so it definitely kind of creates, you know, a little uh, cultural feedback loop uh, that, that I think is a good tone for the game and certainly not as like toxic or annoying as uh, many MMOs can be. Mm. Although I'm sure if you play like a healer, it's still just as bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I tried. I tried to pick up Final Fantasy XIV a couple years ago, and I did not like the repetition of the quests. Like it started mm-hmm. to get to me. It's just like I can't spend this much time doing this. And yeah. I know the end game, quote unquote, is worth it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know I know a couple people who are hardcore into that game, um, but. It's yeah. too much for me. <laughs> too much time. Too much time to get to where you need to get to in that game. Yeah. Personally, it. I mean, I. I agree. I. Uh, I. This time, I'm going to get to the level sixty stuff because they include it in the free trial. Um. Although setting up, getting the game to fucking work is a goddamn nightmare. I gotta say, because like I had bought it, you know, years ago when I played, and then so I just thought I could load that up and click the free trial version. Uh-uh. <laughs> you have to go download it from like the website, like the special free trial client. So I had to download this game like three fucking times. Oh my God. And I made like four different accounts trying to fucking get one to let me do the free trial. And I finally did it that way. And then I can just link another account to it in the anyways. Um, so then I got the free trial going finally. Uh, yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it. One, one thing that I really like about it, which is uh, kind of that maybe the opposite effect of FOMO where you're doing something and you know, like it's very culturally relevant at the time. So, uh, like the game is probably more popular than it's ever been. So it's kind of like being at wow at its peak, which, you know, I never was, uh, which is kind of fun. You know, you're there with all these other new people. You're all learning the game at the same time and, uh, enjoying it to, you know, various degrees. Um, but yeah, it feels uh, very like alive. Whereas my problem with a lot of MMOs is definitely even ones that are popular, they might be so spread out over servers or people are so far ahead that you never see anyone on the level up thing where it feels lonely and empty and barren. Where Final Fantasy doesn't have that. And then even like, wow, I think, I, I don't know the details because I never played it that much, but it seemed like they did something where people didn't have to be in the cities anymore where the cities had become basically useless. So you don't have that problem in FF14 where the cities are still important and you still have to you know, go to certain areas uh, and it's just life everywhere. There's real players everywhere. Um, and yeah, I've like, had a blast. Uh, yeah, a lot of the quests, I'm still like on the boring phase of the quest. I did realize that, so I fucked up. So like in the first three hours, the part that I wasn't liking, maybe even five hours or so, uh, I was doing like all the side quests. Because normally in like MMORPGs, you do the main quest and the side quests that are in the area, and then um, you're gonna level up perfectly on pace. This one I was doing that, and then I've been like 10 levels ahead even since I stopped doing it. Because the, all you need to do is the main story and then the main side quests, like the your job quests. Uh, you do not need to do all these little pitiful bullshit quests and you absolutely shouldn't because um, you can level up other jobs anyways 
And so your main stories, if you want to level up another job from level one, uh, which is one cool th thing about the game is you can get all the classes and all of the gathering classes and all the crafting classes on one character. Whoa, holy shit, so, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, so you do not need to make multiple characters if you don't want to. You can just, and if you don't like a class, like I can already see myself once I get to level 50, restarting over with like the red mage or a different class than the archer. Because even though I like the archer, it look, the other classes look really like more awesome. Um, and so I'm probably gonna do that. And you get a bonus. I, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it's something like 30% when you're leveling up a new class that's below like your max class. Yeah. So it's a faster process, but you don't have the major XP gainers of the main storyline being at those levels anymore. But if I leave all these extra little shitty side quests that are actually making me overleveled and um, you know, that I didn't need to do. So now I'll have all those there that since I've started skipping them to help level up those other classes faster. Um, the duty finder works really well. I mean, again, what's awesome about it too, with the game that's this packed, you know, with players is that, uh, when I'm doing like need to do a dungeon, even like the low level ones, you know, it only takes like five minutes, even as a DPS player to get into a dungeon. Um, so I'm sure if you're a healer or a tank, you know, it's probably like a minute. The medics are always in uh, high demand, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that's my class, though, normally. That's what I played the very first time I played it was a white mage. So I want to do something a little different, but I'm probably going to go back. I might try one of the other healing classes. Probably because medics get a lot of shit if they fuck up. They do. They There's do. a lot of responsibility. It's always your fault. It's always your fault, even if the tank's not damage mitigating at all. And you're like, dude, you're fucking dying in three hits. What the hell am I supposed to do? It's like uh, right. it's like a goalie in hockey. It's like if the goalie yeah. sucks, well, your team's just fucked. Yeah. And there's one aspect I didn't think I was watching this video. Um, I wish I could give them credit. But he does these little cartoon videos, and it's like the crap video to healers in FF14. And one point he makes it is like, these are the power-hungry people. They control your lives, and you must beg them for... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you must bow down to their... It's like, you know what? Maybe there is a little bit of especially bit of ego. Especially there. with the tank. Like this huge juggernaut. Everybody yeah. follow me. <laughs> yeah, I lead them. And they do. They lead the fucking yeah. uh, dungeons. They're the ones that have to know how to play the dungeon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love healers. I've been a healer in all the games. Back when we played uh, old, the Old Republic, I mean, the operative. Like, I played the Juggernaut at first, but then once I switched to operative, I was like, that, like, that was one of the coolest healers I've ever played. Just because you had so many, um, like, dots and auto dots mm -hmm. that, like, you just, like, the robots that would go help heal, and then you could focus on, like, trank healing, and you just had, and you were a stealth healer. Maybe we talked about it before, but it's just, is that insane, awesome healer when you're stealthier i know you can be uh, prestigious with like any type of class like you can be prestigious at a dps class but it's a lot more easy to be prestigious at medic or uh tank because there's not as many of those but what do you yeah. think is uh harder to be like if you had to pick a natural progression like you would start off as dps because you don't have as much responsibility and then you'd go to what mm -hmm. medic next and then tank last yeah, I guess I would depend on the class, you know, in the like whatever game, but I guess in this case, FF14. Um, but I think probably I'd say maybe tanking can be harder. Uh, but healing, you have to have a lot more uh, multi management and have to know how to swap between the people that you want to swap between. 
really quickly and have keep an eye on everything while still dodging the attack. So um, depending on what your strengths are, uh, one could be traded for the other. But obviously DPS is, you know, mostly brain dead. Mm-hmm. Attack, attack, <laughs> yeah. attack. Yeah. One thing I do like about the game was uh, they don't have a DPS meter or like healer meter that you can see after the dungeon. So there's a lot less blaming like, oh, you suck and yada, yada, yada. It's like if you beat it, you beat it, you know. Um, On one hand, you could say that it limits your ability to grow. Um, However, I think it's worth it to help create a kind of environment that is more... um, inclusive and less blamey you have less reasons to point fingers you know at other people um and yeah i mean it, it's just been really good it's, it's uh hmm. i don't know it's a huge game so that's a little intimidating i haven't played uh an mmo in a long long time of this scale but it does feel really cool to be on the ground floor you know, of something. I mean, obviously, it's been out for years. It's been popular for years, but now where it's like reaching peak, and it's still going up. You know, uh, uh, I thought, you, I thought you, it was you, been way past its peak by now. No, uh, everyone's leaving WoW. That's the big thing. Even uh, Asmongold, Asmongold's like the most popular WoW uh, YouTuber um, for years and years, and he just switched to FF14. Wow. I mean, he's not he's not done with WoW, but like FF14 is like the game. He's said he would never play, and now he's playing it. And you see that with a lot of the content creators, and I see it in the comment sections of all those videos. Mm. So um, it is fun for that. Man, they have a lot of cool side stuff too, like chocobo racing. I mean, ah, dude, that was my favorite part of FF4 or FF7. Yeah, just fucking making those fucking badass chokies, dude. Getting that golden chocobo for Knights of the Round. Yeah, that's right. uh, Oh man. Yeah. And I, I always just want to picture myself, like I haven't gotten into it too much yet because I don't have like the gold. I just got my chocobo in the game, but uh, my personal one. But I just like see myself wearing like, you know, like one of those Cuban fedoras, like straw fedoras with like a chomping in a cigar. I'd be like, go Beetlefoot, go, you damn it Beetlefoot. <laughs> I'm going to put you down if you don't win me this. <laughs> yep. Chomping, dude. It was kind of it's fucking like. Uh, uh, what was that but, place called? The uh, Golden Circus or whatever. Golden Saucer. Golden Saucer. Saucer. Yeah, it had that vibe too, where it was kind of grimy and gross. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That fucking Las Vegas, like, uh, you know, like, ooh, yeah. I got to sell you a real Rotex, you know, real Rotex, man. Twenty thousand dollar watch to give you for five hundred. Rotex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something that's interesting here, I'm looking at Final Fantasy XIV Online on Steam Charts, and they've got an average of 41,000 players in the last 30 days, um, compared mm-hmm. to Elder Scrolls Online, Insane. which is yeah. uh, about 17,000 in the last 30 days. That's growing, though, too? Uh, I would say that Elder Scrolls is pretty stagnant. Okay. Oh, they're probably losing similar amounts, or was that seventeen player thousand players growth? Uh, that that's just average players. Oh, oh, on yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so FF fourteen has over twice as much as Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, that's probably just the Steam, right? On Steam charts. Yep. Yeah, because I'm playing not on Steam, and I think a lot of people had to do the same thing I had to do to get the free trial. Mm. So, 
like it's just like they put a what's really cool too is they put like a little green sprout and you're called a sprout if you're a new player and it's right next to your name so everyone knows you're a new player and right right now it's like a sea of sprouts which is sick you know because we're all learning the game together yeah um and then if you go into a dungeon uh, there are like cutscenes and stuff like uh, that are part of the game, like you know a regular RPG. And that's one core thing they said when they were making FF14 is that it's a Final Fantasy game first and an MMORPG second. So it's really cool that. But then it pops up where you'll see if you've already ran the dungeon a bunch of times, you got to wait for new players, you know. But you know, um, you know, whatever, you got to wait for them to see their see their lore videos. Uh, but then it shows a sign. It's like one or more players in the dungeon uh, this is their first time um if you complete it fast you get extra rewards for having that player has never done it before so it even incentivizes people um to want to wait for the guy to watch his cutscenes and to explain the mechanics to them um yeah and the community seems very like gender neutral you know a lot of like of everyone there's like a little something for everyone. Um, again, like I really like the uh, chocobo racing aspect as far as a mini game. They have another one that I think is also from Final Fantasy VII, where it's like that little tactics one. I haven't looked into it too much, but I think they have like that tactics game. We'd put the guys uh, to block off choke points, and they'd oh. fight the like minion waves. Oh, uh, you remember that? Yes, I do. From FF Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that minigame. Whenever I played through FF7, yeah. I couldn't wait to get that to that point in the game. And I was always bummed out that it was just like a one-time thing, like per playthrough yeah. that you got to do that. Yeah, yeah that's a fun minigame. Uh, yeah, and then they got a... I haven't lo- again, I haven't looked into too many of the games at the Golden Saucer, uh, but uh, they have like a few like card games, like Triple Triad. Um, and that one I just always like imagine like a bunch of... Japanese dudes in the back of this like restaurant from like Always Sunny in Philadelphia with like Frank there yeah. <laughs> just playing like gambling with cards and money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh pretty cool. I like like again, I, I think I get off topic, but touching on what you were saying earlier, it is like a lot of like go here to go here to go here in the beginning. Um but once I started running just the main storylines and the job quests, it gets much better. Because the main storylines have the core of the story, which isn't super, super great in the base game, but interesting enough. And then you don't feel like grinding. Like it doesn't get exhausting and grinding when you're, because like when you're doing all these little side quests and you're way above the level, you're like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, you know, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I think that's actually why I quit. Because I'm, I'm very OCD, and, like, I like to be thorough, you know? So, like, I, I want to yeah. complete all the quests. So I think that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. I was just doing all these low-level quests. Like, when the fuck am I actually going to be able to play the game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think if you do that and you save those for other jobs, so you can still scratch that completionist itch, but you can put it on a longer time frame, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's just, yeah, so many different things to do, too. Like, the Chocobo's awesome. Glad I got that. But then I think you, later on, you can make it so they fight with you as, like, almost like a companion. Wow. Chocobo beats mass. And there's, like, hunting logs. So, you know, there's, like, you know, you kill, like, a creature a certain amount of times and you complete the log and gain bonus XP that way. Um, a lot of different currencies. You have your, like, Obviously, you have your private guilds, which I think are called free companies. But then you have, like, the in-game guild, adventures guild that you're a member of. Uh, 
you know, and those incentivize you to do like the fates, which are like the world events that multiple people can complete just on the map together uh, that are like limited. Um, and you get like the currency for that guild and get special items, mounts. Uh, in fact, you have to do um, get 200 of that currency to buy your Chocobo pass in the first place. Um, but, you know, it, so there's a lot to do. Um, you know, it's one of these games that if you start now, by the time you, you know, there's probably going to be two expansions out by the time you reach, you know, th- those expansion levels, you know, and really getting everything done. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I've just had a great experience. The artistic design's not really, really my favorite, uh, but it still looks really beautiful. Um, and dude, oh, there's so many classes. See, that's one thing I want to touch on. There is so many freaking classes in this game. And it seems like there's always more coming out with every expansion. And from what I've heard, uh, it's super well balanced. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a couple that are like a high tier. But overall, everyone just talks about like even like the lowest level job is not that far off from the highest level in what it does that anyone's really going to care that you have that in like a dungeon party. Um, so like the fact that they can have this many classes and then have balance that uh, that is that close is a sign of, I mean, great development um, and really understanding the core elements that make uh, uh, online RPG good. I'm seeing online, I don't know if this is the right thing, but it says that there's 18 different available jobs choose from does that sound right yeah i mean that's probably included like because they call like they have the class jobs you have gathering jobs and the carpenter jobs so mm. i'd say there's even more if you include those and then they might be including like not including the base base jobs because you have like the base job to level 30 and then you get your advanced job and there's a ton of the advanced jobs so uh, would you say that in FF14, it's really good to be specific and only choose a few things to do at one time? Or do you think it's actually okay to spread out pretty wide with how you customize your character? Um, I think... Obviously, I think you always want to have at least one main um, just to like, be able to push a little more into the deeper content. But I don't think... Uh, I think they give you enough tools to boost those other job levels. So, like, if you get, like, I'm going to push no matter what with my class to level 50 just so I can unlock the other, like, some of the other classes that you can unlock before deciding, trying other stuff to see what really fits my style. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say, I'd say do that. However, I don't think there's any, like, they give you enough tools that speed up your development that if you do get to that 50 and you're like, no, nah, I want to do this. And then you like, oh, I like this. I'm going to make this my main. Mm-hmm. And leveling that one back up to 50 and then pushing on from there uh, is definitely not a big deal. And then from what I've heard, you are incentivized to spread out a bit, especially with crafting. Everyone kind of says, like, eventually you want all of the crafting and all of the gathering anyways. Um, so 5,000 hours uh, later. Yeah, you know, and I, but, you know, perhaps you'd probably focus on the crafting at first that helps the job that you're doing. Yeah. Because the high-end game, you do, I guess, need to make crafting stuff so the armor and stuff that comes out of it is actually useful. Mm-hmm. Then you'll need that to be able to tackle the high-end game to get the really, really end gear stuff. But this is all from a guy that's only, you know, maybe 10 hours in, um, and I'm just kind of picking this up through osmosis and videos. Uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, well, just looking here real quick, there's from just the not encountering the baby jobs, four, seven, 11, 14, 18. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, there's 18 jobs. One of them is a limited job. The blue mage is like so broken that it's not actually, doesn't go up to max level and can't be used, I think, in high level raids. But it is, looks really fucking fun because it's just like the classic blue mage from Final Fantasy. You're, uh, you know, taking enemies' abilities and then using them. Uh, which is cool. And that's what's cool about this game is they have badass shit like that, you know? And yeah, I'm just overall, I recommend to go try it for free if you've been hungering for an MO, you haven't pulled the trigger yet. It's definitely fun. I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it because it is an MMO at its core. Mm hmm. But I'll definitely push to level 60 um, and see if that end game content makes me want to buy the rest of the content. One quick question. So, like, so there's probably a market in it, right? Where people can, like, uh, put stuff up on the market to sell and other players can go in there and buy. Yeah, I haven't been to, like, whatever their grand exchange equivalent is yet. Um, so I'm not actually sure when you unlock it. Maybe it's unlocked from the start, but I haven't found it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. Yeah, because I was... I yeah, because you can make money off of gathering skills. Yeah, well, I was thinking, like, uh, with your crafting skills, like, I I've always really liked that mechanic, like, in WoW, where you can specialize in, like, making leather armor or something, and you start producing really badass leather armor because you put so much time and points and effort into it, and then you can start making this armor and putting it out on the market for people to buy. And, yeah. uh... And, yeah, that was the coolest thing about galaxies. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Galaxy's never got enough credit. Dude, it didn't. I could I could go on and on about <laughs> Galaxies. It was probably one of my favorite MMO RPGs until they destroyed it. Yeah, that's crazy. And that was what, early two thousands? Yeah, it was before WoW. Yeah. That was like the main one before WoW. It's kinda wild to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that's pretty much it on that. Oh I, I actually want to say one final thought. I, for me, being a long-time Final Fantasy nerd, uh, I'll say, and someone that hasn't really, really enjoyed the most recent ones, I think I never gave 15 a fair chance, um, which I still need to do. Uh, but 13 was absolutely horrible. I've always disagreed with calling FF14 and 11. They should have been called online, FF online. Um, you know, but even like 10 was decent, 12 was pretty good. But since really like nine, eight, seven. You know, uh, three and two, even twelve. Uh, I thought. Even one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty decent. I really liked the uh, gambit system. But being a longtime nerd of the Final Fantasy lore and series, it's fun to play an MMORPG and then have all these little elements. You know, like the chocobos and the Moogles all running around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it it's definitely fun and definitely kind of makes you feel like you're in a a weird world of Final Fantasy that has almost everything. You know, you have your gunblade guys right next to your VV mages and shit. So Well, an MMO is perhaps the most ambitious genre of game that there is. Absolutely. You know, I don't even think it's close. <clears throat> yeah, well, because there's the social aspect of it, which is one of the things that's actually kind of prevented me from enjoying MMOs a whole lot. I I'm typically a solo gamer. Yeah, I'll play games with people that I know, like really good friends, on a game that we both really like, at the same yeah. exact time, which is kind of rare. Uh, it's very hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
yeah, MMOs are ridiculous, man. Like, the, the social aspect. And I think MMOs, one of the reasons why some of them do so well is because I think it attracts a lot of female players. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. like, it seems to be pretty half and half. Where... Yeah. Yeah. But if you have a game that's that big, you know, and you have all these different currencies and different things where you can get, you know, stuff and equipment and all this, like... You know, to, to balance everything uh, and make everything, like, at least slightly worthwhile, I mean, that is no small task. You know, I, I give it up to I give it up to their development team. I'm sure you recall the time back when, like, co-op games barely even existed or didn't even exist. Like, we come from a time where, yeah. like, it, it was so cool when you could play a game with your brother or something, you yeah. know? And if, if FF... 14 existed back in 1998 dude like everybody would be playing it nobody would be playing any other video game and like yeah i mean if, if it was like similarly event but you did have everquest in 98 um and it had a big following but i think it was maybe even a little too uh, ahead of its time well the, same with ultima online because you had ultima online even before that well there was dungeons and dragons that came first right I don't know if there was a, a precursor to D and D. I don't know about an online game. Yeah, but like no, I'm talking just MMORPGs. Yeah, well, I would you, I, you, I would almost argue that the idea of an MMO boiled down came from D and D, maybe, or at least some aspect well, of it did. Even I think RPGs came from D and D. Yes, um, I think that whole thing and then extension from RPGs was MMOs, but you did have MMOs like EverQuest and uh, Ultima Online. Which one? Was but also, people didn't have the internet like that back then. Like I had internet. Sometimes, yeah, you had that internet, which is too slow. And then, like, yeah, I don't think like like when I got out of foster care, I went to my aunt and uncle's. Like, I don't think we got cable internet until like 2002 or something. And I think that we got it when the vast like majority of people got it. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, and that's right about the time when like Galaxies came out, and a couple years before, uh, WoW came out and just destroyed and basically breathed a whole new uh, life into that genre, created something entirely new, and made a roadmap for all other MMORPGs. Yeah, ambitious. Yeah, which is a shame because yeah, but which is a shame though because the RP MMORPGs before WoW had a lot more. Um, interesting mechanics and they did more interesting things like galaxy is a perfect example i've never seen a game do what galaxies did in the beginning and then even then galaxies tried to become wow uh, with their like combat revolution and all this stuff whereas leveling different classes to unlock special classes and following this holocron and having uh, jedi be super super rare and then like literally you might have like three on a server at one time and then they have a bounty on them, so all bounty hunters get to attack and try to kill them. But they're just OP, and they can just lay waste like 20 guys, but eventually they're going to get taken down, and then their character's dead, and they have to make try to get a Jedi from scratch, mm. which is like 100 hours of work. I mean, these were insane ideas that were just created like uh, a type of storytelling that doesn't exist in games anymore. I mean, it's... Well, I think it's... To me, it's... I think one of the reasons why that might be is because like when, when you're one of the originals or one of the first renditions of something original, uh, like you can improve upon what's been. But I think there comes a point where you've improved on what's been so well that people start to copy from that level 
and then you get a bunch mm -hmm. of regurgitated bullshit laterally and innovation stops because it's like well we know this formula works yeah and so yeah this is the brickwork you know? yeah and i think <clears throat> this is the foundation i think you see that in the music industry and i see i think you see that in the movie industry like um jurassic park why is the first one the best well it's because the first <clears throat> yeah. one had all the magic it had it had all the original ideas i think it was still good though in my opinion it, it was okay I, i'm yeah. a fan of the malcolm dude <laughs> yeah well you can do i don't know i think there's ways to do it like just speaking of movies you can say that uh like alien like alien Ooh. is a horror movie yeah like alien one is a horror movie aliens is an action movie both are very very good mm -hmm. like i love aliens it's a great action movie and i love alien as a horror movie mm -hmm. um so you can do things different and still do them well. It's just that often the case, it's oftentimes not the case. Um, I mean, I think about Mass Effect. Like I loved Mass Effect 1. I was a big fan of it. I did not like Mass Effect 2. I was in the minority. So you, like from their perspective, it's like they did one thing and then they changed it up. Uh, and people loved it and garnered them more um, popularity. Uh, so they made the right move. They did something different, but... Uh, Similar enough, but it was still very, very good. Yeah, well, you gotta also be careful not to alienate your original fan base, though, too. And I think that's why a lot of people get scared and just move laterally or stick to the formula. You know? Yeah. Or, well, when they, they try to go more with what's popular and then they end up destroying their own game because it, it they've removed the uh, imagination that, made, that detracted people to it in the first place. I think that's why publishers destroy a lot of games. Because... The, Absolutely. They look at the number. I, it's like they just have lawyers in a room looking at numbers. It's like, what's the yeah. next genre of game we should develop? It's just a bunch of lawyers think, like, well, last year, uh, you know? Yeah. Well, I think marketers become in charge of what goes into a game. You know, may, I, obviously, that's maybe uh, totally wrong, but someone that's more akin to like a marketer, where they're looking at what people like, say they want or think they want or what other people are doing and having success with. And they're like, we need to do this, you know, instead of focusing on the strength. That's, it. I mean, that's just a problem. Yeah, we talked about it before, but open, um, open companies, uh, publicly shared companies. I think private companies do a lot better job when you have someone with vision at the helm, um, and they're not beholden to generate revenue every quarter. Because if you want long, long, long-term growth, sometimes you want to not have growth. Uh, as you build up for the next big push, you know, maybe you're doing an infrastructure thing that will set you up to then have more growth. But right now, you know, it's uh, cost neutral or cost negative. So, yeah, I think you're right about the marketers. And I think kind of the new age uh, idea behind that is with the YouTube influencers and Twitch, where these people have audiences of upwards of a million sometimes, or at least mm -hmm. tens of thousands. Uh, either way, yeah. you know, you pay them 500 bucks to be like, hey, we got, there's this new game coming out. Let's talk about it. You know? Yeah. Raid Shadow Legends. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, marketing is probably, you can make the best game ever, but if you can't market it, then who's going to buy it? Yeah. Well, you look at the budget of the Old Republic and I think the Old Republic costs $250 million to make. I mean, that's what an MMO RPG of that scale costs. Uh, and then you let's look at the total cost of the game to make five hundred million. Where did the other two hundred fifty million go? Marketing. So 
you have literally as much money being spent to tell people about the game than you have on the product you fucking created. Apparently, this leads to more money in the long term. They obviously know what they're talking about. But to me, it doesn't make any sense. Because me, I'd be like, okay, let's do $450 million into making a product that just transcends all other products. And then $50 million into the base foundation of marketing and then you let other people tell their fucking friends about it if you make i i maybe i'm wrong and, and again probably the numbers prove i'm wrong but i just have this core belief that i think if you make something good enough eventually people will find out about it and latch on to it and uh you know it'll grow from there well youtube is an interesting case study of that um for, yeah it's almost all grassroots yeah for uh, a lot of my videos that do really well like i know when i'm making it that I'm on to something like that raft video about the USS overkill. Yeah. When I was making that, like I went onto YouTube and I looked at com competitive videos, like who else has made, made a video like this and not many. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to make the best video possible and make it better than everybody else. And sure enough, you know, I released, I, dominate. <laughs> I released it and you know, I got a few trickles here and there and then it sped up exponentially. So the quality, mm -hmm really the grassroots like youtube's algorithm but yeah, yeah it, well in a video game context not well youtube's algorithm would be important but also just the google basic algorithm so that more and more people are looking into the game because they've heard about it and then that because that's happening they're gonna get boosted yeah but yeah i don't know it's crazy it is crazy there's a lot of crazy yeah. shit going on dude and i don't know if i like it yeah all I know is I don't understand it, and I don't like it. If I don't understand <laughs> it, and I don't like it. All righty, let's move on to a little new... Man, we talked about that a long time. <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay, uh, so not a big news point, but uh, no Rocket Blade point come out for PC August 12th. What I thought what, what caught my eye about this is it's a Battle Royale game, um, which are done to death. This is the only one I've ever seen that is a melee battle royale game. So this is kind of like an action melee, almost a Dynasty Warrior style combat where you have like quick attack, heavy attack, charge attack, dodge, um, multiple different characters. And it just, uh, just the idea of melee um, battle royale seems fun to me. I guess it's in line, maybe like a chivalry type game. But instead of being like one or two hits to death, you know, there's a almost kind of like a fighting game pace to the uh, kill to death, uh, time to kill. What's what's this game called? Naraka Blade Point. Oh, Naraka Blade Point. Twenty bucks on Steam. Mostly positive yeah, reviews out of nine thousand. Just came out August eleventh, two thousand twenty-one, by developer Twenty Four Entertainment. Publisher NetEase Games Montreal. Never heard of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks super Asian, uh, so I wonder if the that's just a developer um, basement there. Oh, that's crazy. It looks like pretty legitimately um, Asian, maybe even Chinese inspired. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they've got a bunch of they've got deluxe edition, Asura edition, and ultimate edition. <laughs> In case you want to spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that's like maybe I guess that's for twenty bucks. I guess that's how they supplement their model. Um, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. The characters look 
pretty unique and interesting. 60 players, up to 60 players. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, maybe, like, it's hard to believe anyone would not know what a Battle Royale game is at this point. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, the circle closes in over time and you get forced into smaller and smaller areas uh, to fight with other people. And I think one cool thing about this one is it reminds me a little bit more of at least my very first introduction with uh, Battle Royales was Battle Royale, the book. Uh, which was uh, a Japanese book about these students get dropped in an island and they're forced to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and only one survives. And they get dropped in different areas and have uh, different, you know, get different weapons and shit. One guy gets an Uzi and he's basically just wasting everybody. <laughs> People got like fucking baseball bats and shit. There's a, there's a movie on that too, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. They made um, a Battle Royale movie. And then, of course, there's the uh, most famous one um where it was like a, a girl ya novel uh, whatever it's called they had that one lady hmm. in it it was a popular movie series oh whatever it was called <laughs> yeah maybe someone can let us know oh, in yeah. the comments section you know dude you're just lying dude i'm trying to make you, you just don't want to yeah. you don't want everyone to know you're gay no i'm just trying to put you in a cringy position where you're trying to recall something or, uh, on a live recording yeah. And I'm half this podcast just me. Uh, 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 I'm I'm the editor. I'm the editor, so like yeah. I just make myself look really good. Yeah. <laughs> I take out all of my uhs and ums, but I leave all yours yeah. in. You look. You always look like the end of like an infomercial. That's like bright in color. It's like, oh, are you too stupid to bang an egg on his side and crack it open? It's me in black and white fumbling with an. Oh, how's an egg? <laughs> I don't know how to cook an egg. <laughs> and then it's like you in bright color and like makeup and nice shirt. It's me. You know, it's like, it's me. I'll show you how to cook an oh, egg. The new egg whip. I just throw it in here and splish it goes. 15 seconds later. Perfect. Yeah, dude. Just I'm sad and dumpy. Ooh. God, what an <laughs> idiot. Humming, yeah. humming and hawing over here. Ooh. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Skatebird, which was supposed to come out um, this month, has been delayed to September 16th, which again, here on Nuclear Grenade, we always support games being delayed. Yeah, we do. Make it right. Make it right. Uh, So this game is exactly what's in the title. It is a skateboarding bird game. And... It looks fucking awesome. <laughs> it, I mean, the the gameplay uh, videos look make it look like uh, it plays, you know, almost like a classic Tony Hawk game. It looks very smooth. The animations look really good, and you're a cute ass little bird. And the, one of the coolest parts about it is, it's you as a bird sized bird in a skate park's made of like straw, like as the uh, as like grinding on like little straws and little duct tape cardboard and you're skateboarding around a house and there's like a fridge in the background and you're doing like little flappiness while you're fucking dude harsh and gnarly ass fucking 720 <laughs> nose flips dog you know you're just fucking going hard on it and uh yeah it looks adorable glad it got delayed uh hopefully it comes out next month uh on time and it's just uh as cool as it 
as it's promising. Well, the release date on that on Steam says uh, September 16th this year. Yes. Developer and yep. publisher, Glass Bottom Games. Yeah. And it, yeah. Fucking dope. Weird, man. Go look at the... Uh, Weird. Yeah. Go look at some of the gameplay trailers. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> this is the kind of shit I love. For one, I love skateboarding games. We all love skateboarding games, and they just don't make them anymore for whatever reason. Um, but also, I just love cool uh, ideas like this, but that aren't uh, cheesy. Mm-hmm. Now, and it looks like, too, you can like fall off a rail and flap your wings to kind of get back on it, <laughs> so you can have some... Uh, unique moves like that yeah yeah pretty sick i'm all about this dude <clears throat> looks shitty to me what's next yeah. uh humankind is coming out for game pass on uh day one humankind uh, yes humankind it's gonna be the next big competitor of civilization um, it's a 4x game in that civilization style. You start in like Neolithic area all the way to modern day. Uh, the catch is the thing it's doing differently than civilization um, is that you don't pick like a civilization and follow it and have unique talents like that. You start as like a tribe and you might pick like uh, a culture. Uh, based on that tribe, but as you advance to next levels of history, you will choose different cultures so you can transition from like an ancient culture and you have like a list of those that give different bonuses and stuff but uh and then you can choose you know the next level of like iron age culture or whatever it is and then those you know you have a list of those that you can choose and so you never have to choose the same path twice you know and you can choose like oh, i'm going with a more warrior culture but then I'm going to use that all the gains I made from being warrior culture in the Neolithic, say, and I'm going to trans like translate all that like land and stuff I got, and I'm going to translate that into now a science focused civilization. And um, you know, so it gives you. It seems like it's going to give you a lot of replay and a lot of unique play styles of transitioning into this and then that, and will give you bonuses that you can carry over into this. So uh, yeah, there's that. It looks beautiful. Um, I really like the art style. It kind of brings it back more to that Civilization V type of art style where it's a little more realistic. This one has a little more colors, though. Um, yeah, that's it's yeah. supposed to come out in three days, August 17th. Yeah. Uh, at, the, 17th. at the time of the release of this podcast, I think it'll be, uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, one yeah. day. Uh, but the developer on that is Amplitude Studios, publisher Sega. Uh, yeah, the... Um, comparison to civilization is unavoidable you know just the way it looks kind of the the map and the layout and some of these uh, overlays in-game overlays are very civilization-esque um, so there's definitely a lot of inspiration taken from civilization it would seem one thing I'll say about the city is is it seems like they are utilizing some sort of maybe even beyond six uh, six level where you're taking over multiple tiles around the city because some of these look like the city stretch out and start to cover so much more area and space as you expand. And I mean, the cities look beautiful. Like I really, I really like this art style. It's, uh, it's catching, um, and detailed, but also not, uh, overloaded with detail so that your eyes are just fucking moving everywhere, trying to latch on. Um, just looking from the videos I've seen, 
Um, the UI looks sharp. It looks pretty. It looks like the colors they use to separate, you know, civilizations and stuff uh, are, are bright and easy to see. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been excited about this game for, you know, probably the past year or two since I first saw it. And um, hopefully it's really good. Yeah, well, it, it, it will just for clarification be online as well. Um, and that should be coming out on Mac, PC, and Google Google Stadia for everybody who's using yeah. that. Yeah, and again on Game Pass day one. Mm. So that's that's where I'll be playing it. Nice. Yeah. Game Pass is so nice. I, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I just had to bring that up real quick, just because again everyone knows uh, Civilization is my all-time favorite game series, and I want competition in that market because. Even though I'm like, I really like Civ 6 now uh, after a few expansions. Um, and a lot of people might not necessarily agree with that. Uh, however, I always want competition in these markets. Like, so if someone can challenge, someone can make a game that literally does challenge civilization and supremacy, then I just can't wait to see what Sid Myers comes up with to challenge them. Mm-hmm. So, this is good for anyone that loves this uh, genre. And yeah. And day one Game Pass. I mean, there's no reason not to play this. Yeah, it, it looks good. I, I wonder how the transition will be from Civ Six to this. Like, it will be a pretty seamless transition, or if there's going to be a, a sizable learning curve again. Yeah, maybe for some people, baby. I just pick these up, instantly know what I'm doing. You know, I basically... You know exactly what you're looking at the second you see something. Yeah, they call me the four triple X god. You know, if it's a four X game, I'm just basically dominating. Whatever deity is, that's where I'm gonna learn how to play because uh, your boy good at god games. You know, you don't even, I got a god complex to dominate these god games. You don't even see the game; you just see ones and zeros. Yeah, dude, I'm like fucking Matrix on this shit, dude. <laughs> dodging fucking dodging bad game mechanics, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm already gonna. I'll probably write guides for this game before I've even played it, dude. That's how good I'm gonna be at it. <laughs> dude, you're so badass, dude. Some- dude, I'm maybe pussy for all of you. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Save yeah. some pussy I, for the rest of us. I'm basically the living embodiment of dark sunglasses. Mm-hmm. I'm basically if aviators were a person. You're you're yeah. the guy in the gym that wears a muscle shirt and spandex. And aviators, yeah. and you—you you, yeah. you just know you're the guy that's checking out all the girls. Like that's why you have the sunglasses on. That, that's oh, yeah, you. I did. Oh, when I check out girls, though, I go like this. Oh, so they know you're pull looking. Them down. I pull them down. I do the nod. Oh, yeah, girls like the that. Wink there. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. when they know you're fucking Coolio, dude. We're the Coolio Jones, the fucking place. They're like that guy. I heard he's fucking really good at four X games and grand strategy. Ooh, they start fucking whapping their pussies or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whapping. Yeah, that is what it's yeah. called. The wet ass pussying at me. <laughs> I'm up with the culture, dude. I know what whapping is. Yeah, dude, I'm down with the drip. That drip, drip, and the good, good. Mm, so sloppy, <laughs> so slimy. Yeah, yeah dude. What you, dude? You used to say something that was so funny to me. The clown about that. The clown orgasm. No, no, no. That one is very hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was the snail trail. <laughs> I, no, I was—I I never had anything about a snail trail. 
Yes, you did, no, dude. You'd like the girls coming up on their little snail trails. <laughs> I don't remember that. Sure. Now I he don't. denies it. People... I don't. Now he's a feminist. Yeah. Now he's a feminist. Comparing girls to snails, though, is so funny. <laughs> Better than calling them All right. swamp donkeys. <laughs> dude, if that became sick ass like young girl lingo, dude, they'd be like, what's up, you swamp donkey bitch? <laughs> I'm gonna spill my like, flavor. Nice. Gordon Ramsay yeah. all the way, dude. That's why I learned that one. In more news, I mean in other fake news, uh, uh Grand Theft Auto Remaster trilogy is in the works. Ooh. There's been a lot of uh, jokes and roasts and memes about uh, uh, all they do is re-release games, um, which I do agree. They're milking GTA old games for every last little drop of relevancy. However, I fucking love San Andreas, and I've been hungering to play it, but it runs like shit on new uh, computers, and it just looks horrible. So to be able to play like a modern San Andreas, if they can clean up the looks... And hopefully, maybe even tweak the game mechanics a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a blast, dude. Yeah, I like San Andreas because I mean, obviously, it had so much more stuff in it, and I love just riding like bicycles and shit. Uh, and then I love the fact that you like, if you worked out, your guy would get buff, <laughs> and if you just ate a bunch of cheeseburgers, get become a fat ass. <laughs> uh, and you got had like gun sats and stuff. Like I don't know, I love the RPG elements. And then CJ, dude. And just with fucking Grove Street gangsters, right? Like, uh, listening to fucking Chronic 2001, dude, rocking with the Grove Street, taking over other gang territory. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is what I want in my GTA games, man. Yeah. I know. That, uh, oh, definitely that another ambitious game. Uh, I'm oh, glad yeah. they exist. But yeah, GTA 5 has been out for way too long now. I think it's time for. Oh, yeah. Time for another one. Sick. Yeah, who knows how far six is out, but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's fucking awesome because it it's been time. It's been done time mm -hmm. GTA six. I'm fucking, we're out here with our fucking forks and knives, dude, slamming the fucking dinner table, baby. We're ready to eat. We hungry out here. Eat us, rock star. Feed us, rock star, feed us. Give it to us. Hey, dude, blur that out, dude, until they start paying. Dude, I was going to tell you the same thing about the Xbox Game Pass. Dude, if if Microsoft paid us 10 cents for every time we advertised Xbox Game Pass, it's, we'd have like a dollar twenty. It's too good of a deal to not, like, that's honestly just sharing with people. Sharing and caring. Um, We'll just go over this one really, really quick, because we did a, basically a whole episode on it, which I regret. Uh, however... Three senior Blizzard devs reported no longer with the company amid the activation Blizzard allegations. So more people dropping like flies, even probably leaving because of the disgust with the way the company's handling it. Uh, they're a shitty company and their products suck. So that's all I got to say about that one. Blizzard sucks. <laughs> Next. Blizzard fucking sucks. I will still play Diablo 4 <laughs> uh, if it's any good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only one <laughs> really drawn the line harshly there friends Bro, I'm out I'm basically a feminist in these streets yeah? real LGBTAAIP <laughs> over here 
Uh, okay, uh, Frostpunk 2 announced for PC. Ooh. Just mention it real quick because we both talked about it recently uh, and really enjoyed the first game. Very awesome city builder with the kind of depressing real-life choices you'd have to make in a dying planet of never-ending winter, clinging to tiny little core area of a coal generator. So if you want to know what it's like to live in Russia, just play Frostpunk yeah. and you, you'll know what exactly. it's like to live in Russia then. Exactly, you know? Just like in Russia, do you send the kids to school or do you make them work in the factories? Oh, dude, you send them out in the snow to look for coal. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Get your ass out there. If they're lucky, we'll... With my fingers hurt, sir! Get your ass back out there I'll cut your fingers off. You'll be picking up coal with stumps. <laughs> Bloody stumps. Yeah, dude. It's like some fucking Alan Dickens or uh, Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> uh, not much to say about that. Uh, I think it's early days um, on it. They have a cinematic trailer, but didn't look like there was any gameplay. Cinematic trailer looks dope, though. Uh, and it kind of sets a tone. Apparently, also, it takes 30 days. Uh, takes was 30 days after, and uh, it's going to have a big focus on oil. So you found oil. Hmm. But look forward to that. Hopefully it's good. We'll probably see more of it uh, as it gets closer to police. Speaking of Blizzard games, uh, uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected open beta kicks off this week. Um, you can uh, pre-order that, which again, I do not recommend because it is uh, Blizzard and they are garbage. Uh, but yeah, you're going to play Diablo 2. Basically the last best game they made. Yeah, and it uh, looks like up to eight players can either play cooperatively or in PvP. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but we already have Diablo 2 uh, like way better. It's called Path of Exile. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in other and final news, um, PAX Australia 2021 is cancelled as Super Karani Banny Biro <laughs> is rampaging again. Delta version, Lambda version. We've got a Zeta version for you. We've got all the Karani Bonies virus for you coming right up. Just understand that if you're going to Australia, you can't go to that. So sad. Um, Good thing everybody heard it here first. Otherwise, heard it here first, folks. now they everybody can uh, cancel their plane tickets. Yeah, we have canceled packs. By taking away the nuclear grenade bump. Mm -hmm. Yep, closed. Closed, dude. Closed for business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess most of us probably expected this stuff to start happening again. Um, it's interesting for me, as someone who's read Penny Arcade since high school, uh, which is the online comic that created PAX. Uh, it's called the Penny Arcade Expo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. and PAX Prime takes place in the city I was born, in Renton. Um, and, you know, I've never even gone, actually, because it's ever since, like, the second or third year, it's literally been sold out immediately because of bots, uh, and then it's really expensive. But, I mean, it's amazing. It's probably the largest video game convention in the planet. They sometimes get, you know, a lot of uh, game announcements and stuff there. Uh, on par with other uh, large gaming conventions, so uh, it's a shame for the Australian people, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would be an event that I would like to go to. Oh, yeah. I mean, a blast. And obviously, like, you go to those conventions um, and you're going to get sick normally every time anyways. So I guess you got the shit going on. You got to cancel them. But uh, there's that. That's pretty much all uh, I really noticed this week for news. Uh, nothing really stuck out for me. Uh, do you have any old final thoughts there, Hey Ho? No, uh, just the usual shit. Like, subscribe. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we could use as much support as we could possibly get. Um, Seven Days to Die videos, Grounded videos still coming out. Uh, that's me and Justin doing Grounded and me and my brother doing Seven Days to Die. So we've got those two Let's Playthroughs um, going on. And we'll keep releasing Nuclear Grenade clips. That way, in case you can't watch a full hour, listen to a full hour, maybe... Uh, you know, uh, these bite-sized chunks where you can find something specific. So we we put those out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. Goodbye. This is Nuclear Grenade Podcast. Ah.